back to Fathom with Nathan. If this is your first time listening, my name is Nathan Working. This is my podcast called Fathom with Nathan. And I started it to basically be a um, place where I can teach what the Lord puts on my heart. And today I'm going to be sharing a little bit uh, from two to three passages of Scripture and then highlighting about ten different points. I've titled this um, little talk or podcast, Noah Said Yes. Noah out of the Bible, N-O-A-H, and um, I'm going to read some scripture and then highlight maybe 10 or 11 different points that the Lord's given me. You know, the life of Noah is pretty amazing. Um, Those of us that believe the Bible and believe that the story is a true story, um, it's amazing. But even if you're not there in your faith yet to say, oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that was a, a real story. Even if you just take it as a story, it's still an amazing story. Um, So whatever camp you're in this morning, whether you believe it's a true story, a literal explanation of something that God did and interacted with um, in history's past, or if you just know it as a story, either way, it's an amazing story. Personally, I believe the scriptures to be true. I believe the story to be true. But I just wanted that to uh, be a, a brief introduction to include everyone listening, no matter which camp you're in at this time. Um, I'm going to read from the Old Testament. Uh, I'm going to read two, three chapters and highlight a few things at the end. I'm going to give about 10 or 11 different explanations about what I felt like the Lord gave to me, just like I said earlier. And um, let's just see where this goes. Thank you for listening. This is episode 31. It is Friday, May 27th, 2022. This is Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 5. This is the New International Version. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof and opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. I'm going to pause here for just a second. You know, there is a uh, a uh, life-size replica 
I don't remember which state it's in, but it's called the Ark Experience. And they said that the Ark in length is about one and a half football fields long. And it's the Ark is about six stories tall. You can look it up on YouTube. I believe it's called the Ark Experience. It may be called the same thing on Facebook. I'm not sure. There's a couple of great videos that you can do the walkthrough. <clears throat> this next verse is very, very good. Genesis 6, 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. We're going to see that again here in a little bit. Chapter 7. The Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. Verse 5. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. So that's the second time that that's mentioned right there. I'm going to just keep reading the passage, um, and then uh, probably through the end of chapter 8, maybe another two or three minutes, and then I'm going to give the di uh, different points that I, I wanted to emphasize for today. So we're in Genesis chapter 7, <clears throat> verse 6. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded him. And after the seven days, the flood waters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on all that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heavens were up, and a rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock to, according to their kind, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have breath of life of them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. You know, they didn't have um, video footage back then, so that's why they repeat everything, and they, re they say it very specifically. Sometimes they repeat the same information over and over again. They this was an oral trans. This was an oral history, and this is written down. They didn't have you know, uh, you know, ways to record this visually. So that's why they record as much as they have to in great detail. Verse seventeen: For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth as the waters increased, lifted the ark above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. Covered, excuse me. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than fifteen cubits. Every living thing that moved on the land perished: birds, livestock, wild animals, and all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. Verse 24. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. I'm going to read chapter 8, which is about 20 plus verses more. And then I'll give my little synopsis here. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. 
Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the water had gone down. And on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Now that's a long journey. After forty days, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground, but the dove could not find could find nowhere to perch because the water was all over the surface of the earth, so it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in his beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's six hundred and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the twenty-seventh day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, animals, and the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply in the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his, his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground, all the birds, everything that moved on the land, came out of the ark one kind after another. Verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and, taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So thank you for listening. That was about <clears throat> close to 10 minutes of just scripture there. So I want to read just a few things to you. And uh, these are some points that I had written down. Noah is such an amazing person. You know, he really doesn't get that much credit. I, I think in, you know, growing up in in a Christian home, you know, you go to Sunday school and you draw little pictures of a boat and it's all cute. And But it's not until older that you realize that, you know, that boat was literally what saved them. And people were probably screaming and and crying and people were drowning. And it was quite a dramatic scene. Uh, but you don't learn that till you're a little bit older. <clears throat> you know, it was God's judgment. Um, we don't like to speak of God's judgment because we don't like to think of God in a negative light. But here are a few points that I'd like to point out to you um, about the life of Noah. But let me ask you this question first. Has God ever told you to do something? Take just a minute and think about that. Has God ever told you to do something? And if you can't remember if he's ever told you to do something or not, what if he did? What if God told you to do something? Something so specific, something like build a boat, something like build this, do that, go here. No, I'm not talking about just a little thing like, hey, you know, go talk to that person about Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, not that that's little in the eyes of the kingdom, but 
something that's that takes more time and takes more energy and takes more effort and takes more endurance and it takes more faith and it takes longevity and it takes patience and it takes persistence it takes some character qualities that are more uncommon so here are the 10 or 11 different things that i wrote down number one noah lived how he was supposed to live before god spoke to him you know, the scriptures say that he was righteous in his generation. It actually says he was the only one that was. But God was righteous. God was gracious enough to save his entire family. Number two, Noah obeyed right away. Noah didn't delay his obedience. If he would have delayed his obedience, he may have run out of time. And there may not have even been a boat completed by the time that, that the waters came. Noah did it out of obedience. Not only did he obey right away, but he did it as an act of obedience. Noah didn't know everything that was going to happen in the future. He didn't understand the fullness, most likely, of everything that was going to happen. But he did what he did out of obedience, which is an act of faith. Number four, Noah built a boat, something he had never done before. To the best of our knowledge, he had never built a boat that size before. Even if he had built a boat that was smaller, (laughs) um, I think it's fair to say that Noah had never built a boat like that before. Something he'd never done before. And many times that's the case. We have to do things that God is telling us to do, even though we have never done them before. Even if no one else has ever done them before. Number five. Noah saved his family. This is a really interesting scripture. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is in the New Testament. So it's after the time of Jesus. And this is the Apostle Paul writing. This is uh, Hebrews 11 verses 7. It says, excuse me, I'm sorry guys. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. He did what? Wait a second. We didn't see that in Genesis. We didn't see that it said that he built an ark for the purpose of saving his family. But that's what the writer of Hebrews says was part of his reasoning. You know, he did obey God. He did it to obey God, but he also did it to save his family. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So in this great um, record of the history of those that were faithful in Hebrews chapter 11, we have Noah right there in the mix with them. So as we just read, Noah saved humanity as well. Those of us that believe that this biblical account is true, we believe that Noah saved humanity. So from him, all of humanity goes back to his lineage, him and his children. So had Noah not been obedient maybe the entire human race would not have um, stayed in existence. Number seven, something that, you know, is probably assumed, but maybe never talked about is that Noah and his family were probably scared. I mean, can you imagine if you've never been on a boat before, you don't know what it feels like to be on a boat. If you don't, you've never been on a boat that size before with that many animals and God literally shutting the door, you were like, what? You're like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this boat. I don't know how long I'm going to be in here with these animals. I don't know. Wow. Can you imagine? They were probably scared. Number eight. 
Noah and his family didn't know where they were going. I don't know if I've actually ever even thought about that until today. You know, Noah got in the boat. He built the boat by faith. He got in the boat by faith. God shuts the door. It starts to rain. Noah and his family is seeing this prophecy that God spoke to Noah come true. Now they believe Noah. Now they know Noah's not crazy. At the same time, they didn't know where they were going. If you just were on a boat for, you know, as long as the scriptures say that they were, almost a year, basically, from the time that they got in to the time that they got out, Noah was very, very old. I mean, we don't know that it was easy for him to walk or not. We don't know if he needed the assistance of others. We didn't know. He, they didn't know if they would land on land at some point in the future, unless God spoke to him things that aren't recorded there in Scripture. So they didn't know where they were going. And they another thing is they didn't even know where they were once they got there. So Noah and his family get on this boat. Close, God closes the door. The water comes. They float around forever. Then they they land. They can tell that they've stopped. But that they have no idea where they are. They don't have GPS. They don't have satellite images on Google Earth. They don't have cell phones. They can't call their friends and say, "Hey, man, we landed over here. What's it? What? What does this look like? Where? Where do we land?" They had to trust God every day. Number nine. Noah had to trust God every single day. He had to trust God every single day, from the day that he heard God speak to him to the moment that he took up his first tool to assist in building the boat, to communicating his vision to other people. Noah had to trust God that even though he looked crazy and his family may not have believed him at first, he had to walk by faith in spite of all of that opposition. Noah also had to trust, Noah and his family had to trust God every single day on the ark. Like I said, they didn't know where they are going or how long it would last. Can you imagine, you know, you know, we today we can plan our, our trips. We can get on a cruise and we can go out for one or two days or maybe a week, go around. We know our itinerary. We know that we're probably most likely safe. We know we're going to get off. We can get off and buy little trinkets or something at the next island. Get back on, go home, get back in our plane, our rental car, get home. But they had no idea. They had zero understanding. Noah had to trust God every day. And when the boat landed and they let all of the animals out, they had to trust God to help them rebuild everything. I'm sure they could stay in the boat for a while, but I'm sure after a while they wanted to build their own homes. They had children. They had to plant things. They had to wait for the harvest. This is a long, long, very long process. You know, we like things to be very quick. We like things to be very efficient. We like things to be planned out. We like to anticipate our future rest and our future peace. They didn't have that luxury. Noah and his family did not have the luxury of seeing the future and having enough money to plan ahead, they had to take what they saw in the moment, in the now, day by day, and to trust God with every little decision by faith. They got off the boat and they're like, whoa, where is this? (laughs) And they're like, okay, well, I guess we better start building stuff. I guess we better start planting stuff. Number 10, Noah had provision from God the entire way. Noah had provision Before he built the boat, he had provision as he was building the boat, and he had provision on the boat, and he had provision after the boat. There's something about walking in obedience that God chooses to back up what he tells you to do. It wouldn't be a consistent character if God told you to do something and then didn't enable you to do it or didn't provide for it. Noah was old, but he obeyed anyway. 
in 2011, and my very last summary here is going to be this. Noah is simply a great example for us to follow. You know, we don't have the privilege of sitting down and interviewing you know, Noah on the podcast, but I think that he would probably go into great detail about his fears and his questions. Maybe he had some self-doubt. Maybe he doubted if he had really heard from God. Maybe he doubted. What if he thought the boat wouldn't hold together? What if he thought that, man, maybe I built this boat and it's all fine, but maybe it's really heavy and all this all this will just fall apart. This boat will break. I'll lose all these animals. I'll lose my family. But even through all of the fears, my guess is at the end he would say, he got off the boat and I bet he kissed the ground <laughs> and he just, he raised his hands to heaven and he worshiped God and he gave God the very best of what he had even after that. Noah was faithful even after that. So I just want to leave that with you. Thank you for listening. Why do I share all this? Why do I talk about Noah? Because in our listening to God, which is one of the main themes of this podcast, listening to God and obeying God, many times we have to obey God and in the, in in the face of opposition, not just from outsiders, because most people will let you kind of do whatever you want to do as long as you don't bother them. But when you start making decisions that affect you and your family, that affect the now, that affect the future, that say, if you even speak the words that God spoke to me, if you say God spoke to me, there's still a lot of people that are just going to say, oh, that guy's crazy. But what if God actually did 